Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your Word. The entrance of it gives light and understanding to the simple. We thank you for the Spirit of God that you have um, bestowed in our hearts and in our in our, in our spirit, Lord, we pray that we shall be led by the Holy Spirit into all truth in this season. We shall be led to maturity, full maturity, full age, as you have designed the believer walks in. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen, amen. Now, we're talking about, in this season, spiritual maturity, and I'm going to begin this series, this conversation for a couple of um um, episodes, maybe one, two, three episodes, and we'll talk about it from <clears throat> from today till next week. And it's going to be about spiritual maturity, and it's the the will of God for people to come into maturity as believers. Now, we're not necessarily talking about being a matured church member, but we're talking about being mature as a believer. Being mature in your disposition. The Bible says, by their fruits, you shall know them. And that's so key for us to know that we are called to bear fruits. We're called to disciple the nations. We're called to bring others into maturity. We're called to assume uh, certain responsibilities. We're called to bear fruits. And uh, the, the journey of the believer is to come to the place of maturity. And that's what this conversation is all about. Um, it is important that the body of Christ will come to the unity of the faith. That's what he, um, Ephesians chapter 4 teaches. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God as unto a perfect man. So it is our desire to see believers grow. We're born again today, but we have the responsibility to growing and not just remaining babies. You can be a pastor and, and be a baby Christian. You can be long in the faith, but still be a baby because there are certain things that we do not see in the scripture. We do not commit ourselves and submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit to teaching us and to guiding us. And we can remain children uh, regardless of how long we've been born again. So that's why this conversation is very important for the believer to know in this season. So we're going to begin um, the conversation and the reading of the scripture from Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12. So if you have your Bibles, let's see Hebrews chapter 5 and verse, verse 12. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12. It says, For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. Now, when you see the word teachers there, the word teachers there is not talking about the uh, fivefold ministries that you find in the book of Ephesians. Uh, the fivefold ministries of, uh, well, you, we, a lot of people call it fivefold ministries. If you see there, I can see four, but I mean, that's, that doesn't matter. I mean, uh, teachers and pastor, the prophet, the evangelist, the apostle, uh, this, Word teachers there is not speaking about one of those, but the word teachers here is speaking about the ability to handle the word. It's talking about skill in handling the word. So it says, for the time ye ought to be good handlers of the word, 
ye have need that one teach you again, uh, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And it is important for us to know that we have been called into properly handling the word of God. Uh, we've been called to maturity. Uh, Paul said to Timothy, study to show yourself approved. Walk man who needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So the word of truth, the word of God has to be properly divided. And this beckons on your maturity to knowing how to divide the word of God. Uh, you, you pick the scriptures and you know what the scripture is all about. And that's important, right? Um, the conversation I was having sometime and we're talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14, chapter 15. And chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians was talking about the understanding of the gospel, how the Jesus died, he was buried and he rose again and he was seen of Cephas. That's Peter. And the Bible there says that the gospel is basically all about his death, burial, and resurrection. So anything that is not that is not the gospel. But with, with, with um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, chapter 13, it talks about, you know, love, character. Chapter 14, you see a lot of church administration and government and prophecies and all of that. And then chapter 15, you have um, the gospel conversation. Now hear this. You can be gifted in the body of Christ. That doesn't confer on you automatically spiritual maturity. That you exercise the gifts of the Spirit. Um, the gift of the Spirit is, is the um, gifting of the Holy Spirit. It's His benevolence as He wills that He gives the individual or the believer. And that doesn't necessarily speak of the personal maturity of that individual who is exercising the gift. So you can see someone who is gifted, but the person is not spiritually mature. The person can talk like the pastor doesn't mean he's spiritually mature. The person can, he, he, he or she understands the, the art of prayer, knows how to pray the way, um, um, you know, someone we would consider prayer warrior prays, knows how to sound like the pastor, but it's not necessarily spirit, spiritually mature, you know, um, you might be born in the house or in the home of a pastor, just like I am. That doesn't confer on you spiritual maturity. You, 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 you know, your parents probably had morning devotions and you've known the way of the Lord doesn't mean you are mature. So your, the, the length you have had in the faith does not confer on you spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity begins with what you start to learn and what you start to see in the scripture. That's where spiritual maturity begins. And then the fruits will begin to show from the things that you are learning, uh, the kinds of things you are learning in the scripture, what your focus in the scripture is. That's where spiritual maturity is. So you can even have a good character and that doesn't necessarily confer on you spiritual maturity because you lack information or you lack revelation of the Christ that the scripture is all about. You can, you can have a great church and massive administration of, of different things under you, but that doesn't confess spiritual maturity. So it is our call today to see that people will genuinely come to really know who they are in Christ and to see who Christ is to them, to see the perspective of what Christ has done on the cross. And this is what spiritual maturity is all about. And this is, this is where it all starts from. So going back to, um, our conversation on spiritual maturity, we see the difference between Paul the Apostle 
and Peter. Uh, it took a while for Peter to get the conversation of Jesus' teaching and the message of the grace of God. It took Peter a while. And I'm glad that he didn't have to write the epistles until much later he got the message. Um, Peter was someone who had to be persuaded by a revelation to preach the message of the gospel to Cornelius. Uh, there was a vision that came down and it was filled with all kinds of animals and God said to him, kill and eat. And he said, why would I eat something that is unclean? And God said, why would you call what I have created unclean? And what that revelation meant is that God, prior to that vision, had sent a word to Cornelius um, um, that um, he should search for Peter because he was about to bring the message of the kingdom, the gospel to the Gentiles. Cornelius is not a Jew. Uh, he's a Gentile. He's a Roman. And then Peter was reluctant to go to Cornelius' house. And even when he went after the vision, okay, Lord, I'm going to go. You know, he made it clear that he wasn't supposed to be there. So there was a sense of um, superiority over the Gentiles just because the Jews had received the feeling of the Holy Spirit, right? But while Peter was talking in the house of Cornelius, the Bible says that without laying on of hands, the Holy Spirit came upon Cornelius and his entire household. This is saying to you and I that God is um, extending the benefits of the kingdom uh, outside of the four walls of the Jews and now to the Gentiles where you and I come in and are a partaker of what Christ has done um, 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 for us. And, you know, that's what the Bible says, you know, um, in the book of Galatians chapter uh, 3 verse 13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a, a curse for us, causes everyone who is hanged or hung on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might rest on the Gentiles. So the blessing of Abraham, which was meant for just, you know, um, so to speak, the Jews, um, the promise was to his seed, right? Uh, the, the Jewish people probably must have thought that uh, if he was to his seed, which is Isaac, the descendants of Isaac are those who are blessed. But the blessing of Abraham has come upon um, um, the Gentiles because the promise was to his seed, not Isaac, but Christ. And everyone who puts faith in Christ, whether Jew or whether Gentile, have come into the fullness of Abraham's blessings. And that's something powerful for us to see. So Peter was reluctant, but thank God the Holy Spirit came upon the Gentiles. So we see that uh, Peter, it took a while for him, you know, to really get it. Unlike the case of Paul, Paul was stuck in the law and the Bible says on his way to Damascus, uh, there was an encounter he had with the Lord and he became blind and he was led by the hand, you know, and he went into the nearby city. And there was a man called Ananias. Ananias received the vision, go pray for brother Saul. And when he saw him, he said, brother Saul, the, the Lord has restored you, receive your sight. Now, the meaning of the, of, of, of the word Ananias is grace. Now, if you look at it, Peter was blinded by the light that he encountered on his way to Damascus. Uh, he had to be blinded. Uh, from the law that he knew and the first thing he opens I mean Paul rather and the first thing he opens his eyes to see saw after being blind is grace because Ananias who restored sight to him means grace so the first thing that Saul saw was grace and again the Bible talks about how that he was caught up you know and he was 
taught by Jesus, the, the message of the gospel, and, and you, you can see the progress of Paul the Apostle in the understanding of the message of the gospel. Um, you can see in, in contradistinction um, to, to Peter, you can see how uh, Jesus will ask Peter, do you love me three times? Because Peter would deny Jesus three times. I mean, under the ministry of Peter, there was a couple that died because judgment had to be passed. I personally believe that if it was Paul, um, um, they, they, they wouldn't have died. I personally believe that. That's my persuasion. Because um, Peter would administer judgment to the couple because they kept a portion back to themselves. Ananias and Sapphira, right? Um, you could see a lot of instability in um, Peter's dealing with the Judaizers, with the circumcisers in the book of Galatians. He would, you know, be hypocritical at some point. But if you see Paul, there was a man who stood to oppose Paul. You know, and uh, while he was talking, he said, the hand of the Lord comes upon you right now and you'll be blind for a season. Now, if you compare what, what happened in the ministry of Peter, a couple died, but you know, Paul said you'll be blind and he didn't just leave it there. He said for his season, seeing that he himself was also blind for a season. So there's still a dimension of grace that you can see that hovers around the ministry of Paul the Apostle. But much later, we thank God that Peter came to understand the message of the truth. And if you read the epistles of Peter, you hear where he talks about this present truth. Because there was a truth that the Bible spoke of before in time past, which was according to the law. But now he came to understand this present truth, which Paul the Apostle preaches. And it's so powerful for us to know that in uh, but within the context of spiritual growth, it has to be about knowing the grace of God. And I'm going to show it to you uh, today. So let's keep reading um, from verse 13, Hebrews chapter 5 from verse 13. It says, for God, I mean, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful. Okay, no, let, let's back up a bit. Uh, I, I missed out the second portion of Hebrews chapter uh, uh, 5 verse 12. So the second portion says, uh, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Now, see what the Bible is saying here. The Bible is talking to uh, people who ought to be teachers, but are not yet teachers. And it says, and are become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. So he's saying here that uh, the baby Christian needs milk and not strong meat, right? There is something that um, Paul the apostle saw that he couldn't he couldn't he, he couldn't relate to them in in conveying strong meat to them, you know, uh, because of what he saw, uh, right? So he couldn't express strong meat to them, but he saw that they needed milk. Now let's keep reading verse thirteen. It says, "For everyone that useth." Milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. <laughs> now, I want you to follow this conversation because you're going to see things that you probably have not seen before. So watch this very carefully. It says, for he is a babe, verse 14, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Now, hold on, hold on. The Bible here says that strong meat belongs to full age to them that are of full age now the journey of 
The spiritual maturity journey of the believer is to take you from infancy to full age, which is maturity. And if you hear what Paul is saying, he's saying that those who are not mature uh, need milk. He's not saying that milk is the reason why they have not come to full age. No, he's saying that they have need of milk. He's not saying that milk is the reason why they have not come to maturity. He's not saying that um, they should take strong meat to bring them to maturity. No. If you look at the scripture very well, he's saying that and have become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. So what the babies need now is milk. And what is the, what is the function of the milk uh, for the spiritually infant uh, is to bring that person or that individual from the stage of infancy to full age. So that means when you come to full age, it is said that milk had to bring you all the way from infancy to full age or to full maturity. Now it says, for everyone that uses milk, this is the characteristic of the person who is um, using milk. That person in the state where he is, is unskillful in the word of righteousness. But as you keep on using milk, you would eventually get to the place where you become skillful in the word of righteousness and come to full maturity. Now, hear this. Look at verse 14. It says, But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. So if strong meat is belonging to those that have come of age, what brought them to what? Um, to the place where they are of age. It has to be milk. So milk is the journey of the believer's growth. So strong meat is for those that are already mature. So the question is, what got them mature? It has to be milk. So Paul is recommending here that the problem is that they likely did not start with milk, but they started with something else that didn't bring them to full age and he can't give them meat, right? But he's able to give them meat only when they come to full maturity. So Paul is able to give um, the believer strong meat when he or she comes to full maturity by milk. And that's what um, this passage is trying to get you to understand. So we, you know, we've had the misconception all along that milk is for the starters and then what completes the job into full maturity or full age is strong meat. But that's not, that's not it. Um, milk doesn't start the journey and then strong meat completing the journey to full age. No, strong meat is for full age. So the question is what brought the believer to full age and that's milk. So milk from infancy to full age to full maturity um, is what brings the believer to that place. And then we receive um, strong meat so that we become um, the, uh, in, in the exactness of what God desires to do with us, having been mature in the dealings of the word of his grace and in his discipleship personally through us, uh, to us by the Holy Spirit. And this is so important for us to know. Now, let me share a couple of scriptures for you to see. 
Acts chapter 20 verse 32. So now it is important for us to know what this milk is. If milk brings uh, the spiritually, uh, the, the spiritual newborn babe uh, from infancy to uh, maturity, let's know what that milk is. Acts chapter 20 verse 32. Acts chapter 20 verse 32. Praise God somebody. Acts chapter 20 verse 32. Now I read it says, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Now, hear what the Bible says. I commend you to God and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. So this is so clear that what builds the believer from infancy to full age is the word of his grace. And if you're going to grow spiritually, you must hear the right things. And what you're hearing has to be the word of his grace. This is the Bible, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance amongst those that are sanctified. Let's see also what milk is according to Peter's um, description. First Peter chapter two from verse two. First Peter chapter two. Oh, hallelujah. First Peter chapter two from verse two. Let's see what the Bible says. It says, um, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. Now, let me say something. When an individual receives Christ into his life, um, I like to put it this way. Salvation is in three packages. You have been saved. You are being saved and you will be saved because man is a tripartite being. So man is spirit, soul, and body. Now your spirit receives the life of Christ and your spirit is no different from who Christ is. So there is no maturity of your spirit man because your spirit man is in exactness with Christ. That's why sometimes you might get confused when you see all the scriptures that conflict the idea of maturity or the process of maturity. Scriptures like, um, for as he is, so are we. So if as we, we are, so is he, why do we need to mature? Right? But you see, that scripture is talking about your spirit. It's talking about your Position where you are in the spirit, uh, you are one with him. Now, the Bible also says in Corinthians uh, that he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. So the exactness of who Christ is, is who the believer is. So um, a one day old believer is in full stature in his spirit of who Christ is. So that is salvation and that's the past tense of salvation. You, you, you were saved, right? And your spirit has assumed fullness in maturity. But you are being saved is another conversation. You are being saved is you are now working in the experience what your position already is. So you are working from inside out now. Um, let me put it this way. A child is born a male child, but the child has to mature as a man. But doesn't mean that that child is more of a man than when he was born. But he's only maturing in manhood. But doesn't mean that he is more a man. The, the child that is born a man is not less of a man 
than when he dies a man at 90 or 100 years old. And that is to say that the fullness of your, your, your oneness in Christ is in your spirit, but in the experience, in your mind, there is going to be a need for renewing of the mind so that in your life's expression and in your mind and in your soul, you are coming into the exactness of what you already are. And that's what this spiritual maturity is all about. So, so let's see um, what Peter says. It says, as newborn babes, Desire the sincere milk of the word of God. Now, Acts chapter 20 verse 32 already told us what um, this word is that Peter is describing here. Acts 20 says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. So it is the word of his grace. Now see what Peter says. Desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. So it is the word of God that makes you grow. But Peter does not really say the word of his grace here as Paul said the word of his grace in Acts chapter 20 verse 32. But look at the next verse of this first Peter chapter two, look at verse three. Now it, it puts a colon there and it says, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now you see that Peter is able to connect that word, which is able to build you to the graciousness of God. So at the same time, the Bible is confirming to us that it is the word of his grace that builds uh, the believer up to full maturity. Now, you may have been long in the faith and not be skilled in the word of righteousness. We're going to go back to that scripture. You may not be skilled in the word of his grace. Now is the time for you to go in depth into what the meaning of this grace is. You know, the, 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 the teaching of grace has been abused uh, today and uh, a lot of people call it hyper grace. Some people call it uh, extreme grace. Now hear me, there is nothing like hyper grace. There is nothing like extreme grace. There is nothing like that. When, when, when the pastor is preaching about the grace of God, what people hear is that the pastor is saying it's okay for people to go ahead and sin because God has forgiven them. That's, what, that's not what any genuine pastor who teaches the grace of God is saying. No, that's not what any pastor who genuinely teaches the message of the gospel is saying. Now, um, um, if you read the book of James, right, it talks about um, it talks about not turning either the book of James or Jude. I can't really remember. It talks about not turning the grace of God into licentiousness, right? Now, that word "turn" means to transpose. If I think we should we should look for that scripture, I think it should be in the book of Jude. Let me look for it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jude chapter one, right from verse verse. Yeah, we're correct. Jude chapter one from verse three. Let's start from verse three. It says, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you to the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Now look at verse four. It says, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men. Now the Bible describes them as ungodly men. Ungodly men. Turning the grace of our Lord, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying 
the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now you see that word there turning means to transpose. It means to exchange something. So when someone is preaching lasciviousness, that is not grace. When someone is saying it is okay to sin and then you can, you can do what you want to do because God has forgiven you, that is lasciviousness. These are ungodly people and that's not the message of grace. And we have to be clear what the message of grace is saying. The message of grace is saying that yes, God has forgiven you of all your sins. And because of his love towards you there is going to be a working in your spirit to want to please him now not because it is motivated by a law or a ten commandment of thou shalt not but in your heart he has written the laws in your heart and you want to just please him because of what he has done for you and that's what the message of the gospel is saying it's not a message of lasciviousness so let's go back to our previous scripture in the book of um, um, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 3. So Peter talks about the grace of God. And you see that it is the grace of God that builds us up. He says, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So whatever you may have been hearing that is not consistent to the message of the gospel or the message of the grace does not necessarily, it would not, no matter how much of the skill or the, the, the gifts that we exude doesn't really make you see who you are in Christ. And that is not going to lead you to spiritual maturity or full age. The Bible is clear of what, what brings the infant in Christ to full maturity. And that is the message of the gospel of grace or the word of his grace and you need to embrace yourself you know a lot of us have biases when we see the scripture just because um, um, people have um, taken certain things to an extreme and we have our personal biases let me, let me say to you um, don't let the bias of someone take away the truth of what there is in that thing the fact that somebody has a bias or someone has an extreme don't let the person's extreme take away the truth of what there is. I mean, there can never be uh, a fake um, 2,000 naira note. You can never see a fake 2,000 naira note. Why? If someone brings a fresh 2,000 naira note to you, you're not going to take it because there is no original. So if there is fake, it's a proof of the fact that there is the original. Seek for what the message of the gospel of grace is teaching and understand it and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you because you will come into full age and maturity by the word of grace which is able to build you up and if you have tasted that the Lord is gracious and that's what you desire as newborn babes. Now, back to Peter. Peter in verse 2, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 2, let's look at it. It says, as newborn babes desire... Now, I want to stay on the word desire. The word here, desire, means that it is something you have to seek. You have to willingly yield yourself. You have to commit yourself to doing it. Now, it is not going to be of works, yes, but there has to be a desire in your spirit. Now, you know when the baby is hungry, uh, the baby is uh, looking for food, it's crying and all of that. If you have to, you have to put the desire, you have to seek for that desire you have to learn to desire you have to learn to be hungry for the word and that's the only way you're going to grow you have to delight yourself in the lord basically and right he will give you the desires of your heart so if you if you delight yourself he's the one who will place those desires to 
Uh, long for the things that you should long for, hunger for the things that you should hunger for, but you've got to de delight yourself in the Lord and <clears throat> seek for it in this season. Praise God. Seek for it in this moment. You know, tell yourself, I want to grow spiritually. Spirit of God, help me. Show me the truth of the word. You know, help me grow. You know, tell yourself, I don't, I don't want to be an infant for, for this number of years. I want to grow. I want to really understand. I want to become um, a good handler of the word. You know, by now, many of us ought to be teachers and we still need to be taught right now. By now, many of us need to be persuading others, but we're still, we're the ones who are being persuaded even up till now. And you have to leave that place where you are being persuaded in the things of the faith to the place where you are the one persuading others because of your responsibility as a mature believer that you are. And this is so important for you to know. And God desires that you come into fruit bearing and into that realm. So <clears throat> look at it. It says, desire the sincere milk of the word. Now look at, we've looked at the word desire and I'm also looking at the word sincere. The word sincere there talks about purity of the, of the milk. Now, if you go for mixtures, you, it will stunt your growth. That's what happened to Peter. Peter was always mixing the law and he was mixing grace. And that stunted his growth. Paul the apostle, he saw grace. When he looked at Ananias, he saw the grace of God. Uh, when he was taught by Jesus himself, he saw the grace of God. And in no time, he became the apostle to the Gentiles. Right? So that is what... A beholding Christ will do to you. That is what looking at the message of the gospel. Stop going after mixtures. Stop going after hearing the grace of God today and then you hear the Lord tomorrow. You are going to stunt your growth by that. You know, the thing about the law is it appeals to your flesh. It appeals to your senses. It appeals to your logic and to your reasoning. A lot of people want to say or hear things that make them responsible for something. And, and it makes sense. It, it's, in, it's intelligent, basically. Um, those kinds of messages that are intelligent and appealing to your mind, those are not necessarily the things that cause you to grow. The Bible speaks of the cross. And it says that through the preaching of the cross, it is foolishness to those that are unsaved. But to us, it is the power of God. My friends, let's stay with the foolishness of the cross. This message of the gospel of grace is foolish. It doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound like it makes sense, but that's the power of God unto salvation. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God. There is a reason why he said, I'm not ashamed. He said, I'm not ashamed because it's, it's something to be shameful. It's not something to, to be proud about. Because if you're intelligent, you're a medical doctor, you're a lawyer, you're an engineer, you're a first class graduate, and you're talking gospel that doesn't make sense. So this is very important for us to see in the scripture how that mixtures don't benefit anybody. Grace today the Lord tomorrow, grace today, and it just makes it feel like you're in everything, but you have to keep your eyes focused on the pure. That's why Peter uses sincere, right? Uh, apart from the desire, you would have to desire what is sincere, what is the pure, the pure, the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Praise God, praise God, hallelujah. Let me also show you a scripture in Galatians chapter 3 from verse 1. You see the story of, of the Galatian church and how they started with 
the sincerity of the word of God, the pure milk, the pureness of the word. Uh, but you see what happened to them. Uh, it says, O foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ had been evidently set forth, crucified among you. And look at verse 2. It says, This only would I learn of you. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Verse 3 says, Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect in the flesh? Now, when he's saying uh, you start in the Spirit and you want to get perfect in the flesh, he's trying to say that you started by hearing the message of the gospel of grace, but are you going to continue by the law? Are you going to continue by what is not grace? And that's what Paul is asking them here. He says, why are you so foolish? Has someone bewitched you to be in that position where you um, accept mixtures? Now is the time for the body of Christ to know what really um, growth is, is from. And it is from beholding the sincere milk of the word, which is the message of the grace of God. That God is gracious to you and you keep on beholding Christ, you will grow. Hallelujah. Now let's look at this. It says, um, have you suffered, this is verse 4, have you suffered so many things in vain, if, if it be yet in vain? Now look at verse 5. It says, He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit, and walketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? So the conversation is that the one who is doing miracles and ministering the Spirit is not doing that by the hearing of the law, but is by the hearing of faith. As you have received Jesus Christ, Colossians teaches, um, as you have received him, therefore walk in him. So don't begin your Christian journey uh, in infancy by the pure milk of the word and end with something that is impure or something that is not of the pureness of God's grace. You have to stay with the message of grace for it is in that pureness of the word and the milk that it will, you, it will get you to full age or to full maturity and you'll be able to handle uh, meat and bring you to skill or skillfulness of the word of God. Now, let's go back to um, Hebrews chapter 5. I want to show you something there. Hebrews chapter 5. We read this scripture at first. We're going back there, Hebrews chapter 5 from verse 11. Let's start from 11. Again, it says, um, Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. Now, verse 11 says, Seeing that you are dull of hearing. Now, let me explain what Paul means here when he says, You are dull of hearing that you are not hearing the right things. So he's connecting their ability to hear to their infancy. He's connecting their inability to hear to their stunted growth. So he's saying that you are dull of hearing. I want to say so many things to you. I want to say things that are for the mature and things that are deep, but it's so hard to utter those things. And it's hard to say them because you are dull of hearing. So I can't talk to you because you're not hearing right. right. And this is where the church, this is where the believer, this is where you need to come to the place of hearing properly. Hearing the word that will grow and benefit your soul and your spirit man. So you cannot afford to hear what is not 
of the grace of God and expect to grow. You, you cannot. You cannot put yourself in that place. Then it is after he uh, discusses the conversation of being dull of hearing. Verse 12 now says, For when for the time ye ought to be teachers. So it means that your ability to handle the word of God is because of what you have been hearing. Is what you have been hearing. Your ability to express certain things in your life is because you are hearing right or you are hearing wrong. So Paul is saying that you need to hear right. And I want to commend each and every one of us that we must give attention. I cannot overemphasize this. We must give attention to the word of his grace that is able to build us up. Stop looking for feeble. Stop looking for um, high sounding things, high floating things. Because a lot of people like it just because you are smart. You, you feel what is deep is what you don't know. You know, because it sounds strange. Ah, it's, it's deep. Look, my friend, if it is not Christ, it is not deep. If it is not the gospel, it is not deep. Stop, you know, stop all the high sounding, high following things. God has confounded the wisdom of the world and he has expressed his own wisdom through the foolishness of the cross. So let us stay with the message of Jesus. Let us stay with the message of he died, he was buried and he rose. And you know that, um, you know, Paul talks about the fact that no foundation uh, nobody can lay any other foundation other than that which has been laid, which is Jesus Christ. So anybody who builds must build on that foundation, Jesus Christ. So whatever conversation you are gifted or grace to express in your ministry or in your life, let it be on the foundation of the finished works of Jesus Christ. But you see that finished work of Jesus Christ, you have to understand it. You have to search. You have to, you know, Paul describes it as the unsearchable riches of Christ. Go in there and dig deep into the unsearchable riches of Christ and the finished works and what he has done for you. And then, you know, you can express anything on that from that perspective or on that basis. And that's so important for us to know. So it is my com- commendation to the body of Christ and to the believer. Do not be dull of hearing. Do not be dull of hearing. Hear the word of God, which is the word of his grace, right? And that is what is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. Desire the sincere milk of the word of God. If you have really tasted that God is gracious to you, that's what you should be looking at. Praise God. So look at it. It says, um, let me move over to verse 13 of Hebrews chapter 5. It says, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness for he's a babe now he's saying that the one who uses milk or the one who needs milk is the one who is unskillful the one who is not mature uh, he's a babe right right so if you keep taking milk it will bring you to full age and then meat can be given to the one who is already of full age meat is not given to you to bring you to full age no it is milk that brings you to full age because you are not skillful in the word of righteousness. And one of the things that you must seek out for, uh, the, word, the word, before I say that, the word, word here in verse 13 is the doctrine of righteousness. And it's saying that you have to be grounded in the understanding of righteousness. And what is the summary of that? 
you have to know. I've preached this. You can go back and refer in my previous messages. I talked about uh, two kinds of righteousness. You must understand that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You must understand how that the gospel is the revelation of God's righteousness. For in it is the righteousness of God revealed. Praise God. So these are the things that you need to search deep. And as, the, as being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, what are the benefits? Oh, amazing benefits and inheritance of knowing that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. These are the things that bring you to full age. When you come into the riches of this knowledge, the things you, you search deep, deep, and you come into the understanding of these things. Praise God. So it says that you are... Um, um, you are unskillful in the word of righteousness. So when you have grown to a certain extent, you become skilled in the word of his righteousness. That you can play the piano doesn't mean you are skilled in playing the piano. That you understand the basics doesn't mean you are skilled. God wants you to become skilled in the word of his righteousness. He wants you to become a handler. He wants you to become a teacher uh, of the word. He wants you to disciple all the people uh, on this matter of righteousness. Praise God. And this is a call for you and I to press deep into spiritual maturity. We're going to continue in the conversations on spiritual maturity. Let me close with this uh, verse or with this scripture. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. I love this scripture so much. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. Praise God somebody. It says... Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. It says, let the word of Christ. Now, it's not just talking about the word of God. The word of God is so powerful. But here now, uh, Paul narrows the focus of the word of God to the word of Christ. It says, let the word of Christ. And the word of Christ is the message of the grace of God, which reveals what Christ has done for us. So it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another so you are able to handle right so spiritual maturity will require that you are able to teach and admonish one another because the word of christ is dwelling richly inside of you if you're going to come to spiritual maturity this is a call for you to press deep in the study of god's word in this season search and and don't be dull of hearing don't confuse yourself by, by hearing what is impure, what is, what is a mixture. Look for what is pure and, 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 and hear and, and partake of the message of the grace of God and you will grow thereby. We're going to continue again and I believe by the grace of God that you are blessed in this conversation. Uh, you will be able to handle and you will be able to decipher what is, the rightly, uh, what is the right way rather of dividing the word of truth. You'll be able to tell what is, of, of what is consistent with Christ and what is not consistent with the finished work of Christ. Your spiritual antennas will be up to hear what is Christ and what is of the old, what is of the new and what is of um, the former. And by the grace of God, you will be a very skillful handler of the word of righteousness. It's so much a pleasure for me to uh, share the word of God with you today. And I believe by the grace of God, you were blessed. I look forward to having a deeper conversation because there is more about spiritual maturity. We're going to go in depth in this conversation on spiritual maturity. Uh, let's say a word of prayer as we close today's word session. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that everyone who has heard the word of God, a desire will stir up in our hearts, placed by the Holy Spirit, 
to seek for the things that we are in Christ, to grow by the word of his grace, which is able to build us up and give us an inheritance amongst those that are sanctified. And Lord, I pray that this desire will well up in our hearts. It will be so overwhelming that we will be forced to expand and grow and not remain babies, but we will come to the place of fullness and maturity in Christ, perfection in Christ. In Jesus' name, I pray. This Amen. concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.